<coughs> Sorry? Good morning. <coughs> good morning, good morning. The topic for today is something which is uh, well-timed and appropriate because it's a topic which becomes extremely popular during Musa, uh, during Elul and slowly disappears after um, Yom Kippur has passed. Musa. And the question over here is not really Musa in terms of yourself. That's a question you all have to be asking yourself coming up to Rosh Hashanah and quickly forgetting thereafter. But what you want to do is you want to know is Musa... W- a valuable topic and subject to invest time into teaching to people who are becoming from people of Baalei Tshuva? Is that something you want, to, you want to do to them? Or is that something that should be avoided at all costs? So I'd like to begin by asking a couple of questions and trying to see if we can make, if we can make some head or tails. First of all, before we even begin, we have to describe what is Musa. If we don't know what Musa is, so then the whole point of what we're trying to teach and how we're trying to teach it and how it's going to actually come out will be totally in vain. If we wanted to figure out what is Musa, the next step is, well, how do I? How do I? Because if I don't know how to learn Musa, there's no way I'm going to be able to teach it. So how do I learn Musa? The third thing is, once I know how to learn it, well, how do I teach it? And the fourth thing is, do we have to make the poor, innocent, gullible, Unaware, BT, suffer. It's begin with what is Musa. Now, everyone has in their own mind, I imagine, an image of what Musa is. And I, I probably people have been brought up in the yeshiva system. It probably has quite a strong connotation. The connotation may be something like a man with a relatively long beard, a deeply black coat, a solid shifting swing, a deep throaty voice, standing, banging happily on his podium, and telling you how even though he's also evil, you're even more so. <laughs> and then it reaches a climax when, when, it re- when it gets to Elul, and the word Elul still I have actually one person, whenever I see him, he has like this traumatized way of going, Elul! Elul! And like clearly he's uh, (laughs) not so into Elul. Because the trauma of of this super, super turbo-boosted guilt package, which kind of straight-jacketed a person into tshuva or death has left him 
somewhat not so predisposed towards the study of Jewish ethics. You follow? So, so what, what is Musa? And I think there's a lot of misperception in regard to what Musa is. And I would like to say something which is, even though it may be contemporarily in the, in the context of most people's grasp of what Musa is, I think it's a much more valid and legitimate description. Ravalbi once said in the Shmuz, very simply, what Musa is, is the psychology of Torah. It's a big chidush. It's not a chidush in its own right. It's a chidush in terms of our preconceived notions. Musa is psychology. Psychology is the study of man. How he works. All the different intricacies, the complexities, and there is no being in the world. There is no machinery more complex than the mensch himself. So Musa is the science of understanding how we work. That's not the value of Musa. The value of Musa is once you understand how you work, you can you can change, you can repair something that's gone wrong, you can completely innovate. If you don't understand how the machinery works and you start to tamper with it, the chances are, just like you did when you were an exciting, exploratory 11-year-old and you decided to fix your computer, radio, remote control car and you thought it's quite simple, you'll just dismantle it, take it apart and then put it together and just adjust the thing which is wrong and one hour later when you are getting into a fully flung fight with your brother because of your frustration, the fact that you somehow, even though you managed to dismantle it, you can't put it back together again. So when you don't understand how to understand, take apart, put back together and you start to tamper with the machinery so if you don't know what you're doing so you can actually cause a lot of havoc and destruction. So Musa essentially is the psychology of Torah and you need it to repair, change and innovate. Now how do I learn Musa? That's a question which you're going to have to wait for a while. How do I teach Musa once I've learned it? And why do you make the Baile Tshuva suffer? I would first do, and this is really, it's actually the famous Igeris from Mikhtov, sorry, from Rebbe Sorel. If you can just look at this, it's Mikhtov Yudalit. I'm going to read a paragraph because in this paragraph he says something which is Really important. Okay, if you, look at the, if you look at the paragraph, which is this, the paragraph beginning with the words Ochein, it's on page Lamad Aleph, which is uh, going down columns from right to left, the third column from the right. 
Achein. Says Rabbi Yisrael, Bechlal noida imkia nisoyin yorenu, to know experience has taught us, liyoyz oivid Hashem Yisborach gamban bemadrega nisoy. A person, it's possible that you can be an oivid Hashem at a lofty level. Bli limud hamusari. He does not need to come on to Limud Musar in order to be holding on a Madrega. But, says Rabbi Israel, Achein, Ha'is Habchus, Miraletoiv, Bli Musar, but the transformation from being Ra, from being bad, from being disadvantaged, Letoiv, Bli Musari, without Musa, skip the brackets, he kemoi bakoshes haria b'liayin u'shmiya b'lioizen. It's like trying to see without an eye and trying to hear without ears. And then he writes as an aside. That's what the poskim write. Eis achon alovo elam mishpat b'rosh shana. In other words, he needs to prepare himself for the Yomim Noraim. But the point that Rabbi Shah makes as follows. And that's why the first step is to understand what Musa does. Rabbi Shah's getter of Musa is Hayishapchus Mirala Toiv. Change. And he says, you can be holding on a Madraga, you can be a Yerushamayim, you can have all the Milas. But you'll always remain in the same place you are. Now think about this. With a Balchuva, you don't have this advantage. A Balchuva Behechrech is not an Oyved Hashem Yisborach Bamadrega Nisa. If he is, so then you're not going to get funding for him, I can assure you. I've been through it. <laughs> when you find those Balchuva Bamadrega Nisa, they say, forget it, he can manage it himself. You're not spending the $2,000 on his trip to Israel. So, the Baal Shiva you're going to be finding is a person that's caught up in the Ra. And you want to be Mahapech that Ra to Torah. That's our job. But in order to do that, says Rabbi Israel, and he's pretty reliable, you can only do that with Musa. So in other words, step number one. Musa, psychology to repair, to change and innovate. Now it makes sense. Since that's what it is. If you try to do that without this, you ain't getting anywhere. You can only remain in the same place. You need, in order to activate, change, in order to transform, you need to come onto Musa. So therefore, if that's how our entire ASIC, as a Makarev, we're not into only education. We're into transformation. We want to take a person that's rochok rochok mitoyer mitzvahs. And we want to bring him close. And we don't want to only bring him close in a superficial manner that he starts in a behavioral fashion taking on the mantle of Torah mitzvahs. And this is one of the greatest, greatest dangers. In other words, what can very often occur, and you see it happening unfortunately, is that a person gets seduced into the trappings of Yiddishkeit and he does exceptionally well and his Rebbeim are so happy with him because in the space of a year he's started learning and he's davening shachris and slowly but sure, surely his dress is becoming more and more monochromatic and as time goes on he's now the perfect penguin and you think Baruch Hashem I have succeeded the problem happens five years down the line when the Hishapchus Mirah Tov never occurred, 
and the person that was always there never went anywhere and all of a sudden he says what am I doing? How is this happening? The most classic example I have is a person that I know spent a couple of years in Ar Samach, a few more years in a couple of other years in, in total probably I think seven years including a nice stint in the mirror very mukhshar and after that completely off the derech and he said one of the hardest things he did was to be able to try re-acclimatize to secular lifestyle um, now that he couldn't, you know, not speak yeshivish. <laughs> it's a problem. It's a problem. He realizes once when he is in a bar and he is speaking to a girl and the ideal phrase for the moment was enochinami. <laughs> and he lands up saying to Yes, this is the case. <laughs> Which, Baruch Hashem, therefore it didn't go very far. Um, so, when we're dealing with Bali Shiva, when we're dealing with the transformation, it seems from Rebbe Israel that it's not only a nice additional feature to our curriculum to include a little bit of Musa, but it's actually something which is part and parcel. It should be one of the mediums whereby we actually allow the person to move forward to travel from where he is to where he needs to go to. So, let's go into a little bit more detail. Is well, okay, what is Musur all about? So many people make the critical error of beginning Mesil Sashoim in the beginning. If you really want to understand Mesil Sashoim, what you should do is you should begin in the end. Because in the last paragraph, of Mesir Sashoim, that's where the Ramchal really tells you how you need to use a Sefer and gives you a phenomenal insight into the mechanism and the model of how Limud Musa should occur. What very hap- often happens, and this is something which is, yeah, it's, it's quite, it's quite problematic. Um, what you find is, even in the from world, I was a little bit shocked when I saw advertisements before Hesia for a Haredi Del Carnegie course. <laughs> I, I, that, that, that I found relatively. Sorry? Oh, oh, sorry. When I said Del Carnegie, I meant Del Carnegie. <laughs> Th- did they help? Good, sorry. Apologize. So, I, I find that you know, Del-, Del Carnegie is a person that, that offers a step-by-step approach to self-improvement. How to win friends and influence people. And he's got a real mahalach on how to become a better person. So the fact that now there are Haredi courses, which have got separate men and women, so it's mamish kosher, kosher v'yosher, that are running, what are they doing? They're running a course on how you can appropriately and successfully live life. Now I don't know, maybe I'm a sugar, but I thought God did that for us. He gave us this thing called Torah. I'm not saying, I'm, again, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I don't mean to Shalom to be Pogea in the covert of Dale. But, <laughs> but, you know, just kind of relatively speaking, the almighty creator and uh, this like very dodgy Gentile that if you ask people from the course, they deny the fact that he committed suicide, but the rumor definitely has gone around. 
I find that I find that problematic. So that's another point that I think what happens is because we don't know how to learn Musa, so we become if we want change, we look to the con Carnegie Carnegie Carnegie's of the world to the to the Covies of the world so we can have our seven habits and get them down pat because but but don't we have literature that deals with that kind of topic so look at what the what the Ramchal says um, on the left hand paragraph says Ramchal pleasant reader don't think for a moment that in the Sefer that I've written I've managed to actually contain the Chukai Chasidus. Chukai Chasidus means the mechanisms of self-advancement. How are you going to get there? How are you going to reach there? I've definitely not said what needs to be said. Because there's no end. What does the Ramchal mean? I don't understand. The Ramchal set out on a project. He wants to compile a Sefer which gets you from nowhere to Tchiasa Mesim. And that's what he states in Zagdoma. Comes to the end of the Sefer when you think you've made it. And he says, Mm-mm, I haven't told you what needs to be told. Why not? We'll just then just keep on going. Why is it that you can't write it down in the book? There's no end. There's no, why is there no end? There's an end. It's a finite amount of information that you can convey to another. Says the Rambal, says the Rambal, no, 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 no. It's infinite. I can't put it down in writing. But why is it infinite? Any guesses? Sorry? Everybody's different. There's no one word. Beautiful. Everybody is different. <laughs> Look what he goes on and says. Avalomarti Katsas Mikol Prachi Bapita Abraisa Share or Aleo Yosati Kibrazi. I've explained a little bit about the Braisa. Vuhuma Shiocholios Haskola Vereshis. The whole safe of Mrs. It's not the end. All it is, is a haschola and a reishis. This is just an indication, a signpost pointing you in the direction that you can now expand upon it. I've given you the direction. Now you can trade upon it. Each person has got a different tachlis in life, a different standing in life, a different point in life, a different set of personality traits, a different kind of occupation. Why 
person who's learning Kaidel, he's got this Derek Chasidus. Person who's working for someone else, that's his Derek Chasidus. Person who's self-employed, a businessman, that's his Derek Chasidus. The Ramchal is only mentioning a few of the variables. Of course, there are many other variables. A person who's got a brother like yours, you've got a Derek Chasidus, clap at your brother and your mother and your good friend and your cousin twice removed. And if you happen to be in this kind of schayra, which is dealing with marketing pink rabbits, so you've got derech hachasidus in that kind of marketing world. And if you happen to be a person that's working for a diaper production plant and you're the man on the conveyor belt, what you're doing there, I have no idea. You've got derech hachasidus in that area. And not only that, obviously every single prat which is possibly changeable is going to give you a derech hasidus. Yeah. And that's true of every single other prat in your life. Each and every one according to who he is, he needs his own derech hasidus. The cloud of Hasidus remains the same. That's consistent. But since the noisim, the ones carrying this cloud, the subjects of this cloud, the people within this cloud, the pratim within this cloud, mishtanim change. It's impossible that the means don't change as well. That's a massive Kiddush. That means, because you are different, there's no way you can read the Musa Sefer and do what it says. Because the Musa Sefer wasn't written for you. Because it couldn't have been written for you because you've got your own Pratim in your own life. So who was it written for? Who was it written for? The answer is, it was written for everybody. And the answer is, it was written for nobody. The answer is it was written for everybody because all the Musa Stafer does is it tells you Klolim. So it was written for everybody and it was written for nobody because if you take the Klol and you don't bring it down into the protim of your life and see how this Klol is relevant to me in my of right now, the book is not for you. To sum up, a Musa book is not a cookbook. You can't just follow the ingredients and then come out the perfect mensch. There's this entire translation, integration, implication, and implementation which needs to take place from the text to my life, to my being, to the inner recesses of my soul. And now he says a big Hiddush, which I'm just going to read because it's not Yeshivish. Maybe I shouldn't read it. Can I read it? But everyone forget about it the minute I've read it. Okay, skip that line. amazing? Isn't it amazing? You've learned Mrs. Shine for years and years and years, and you never understood why it didn't work. You read the book and you did what it said, and it didn't work. And it didn't work. Why didn't it work? Well, it didn't work because it wasn't meant to work. Well, why wasn't it meant to work? 
it wasn't meant to work because those words are not written for you directly. They're written for you indirectly. So now the question becomes, going back to our questions on the board, how do I learn Musa? We know what Musa is. But how do I learn Musa? Because clearly if I don't know how to learn Musa myself, I don't know how to teach it. And the answer that the Ramchal gives us is the way that you learn Musa is you need to take the klal that the Musa Sefer discusses and then you need to take the klal and see how is that klal relevant to my life. Now that's where, the, that's where the difficulty comes. And I think that's why most people, most people give up on learning Musa. And most people would much rather pick up a Seven Habits because they read it and it's much more practistic. It says, if you want to work on your time organization, this is what you should do. Take out a, piece of, a, a, a pad of paper and write down. 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock. Then you should. Then you should. Then you should. So the person says, aha, brilliant. I read the book. I know what to do. Kavaldik. This is a book that can help me. I read Mrs. Shaim, I have no clue what to do. Put away the Mrs. Shaim back in the shelf, and on I go to Kovi and Kovi's son and Kovi's grandson, and they're all called Stephen. <laughs> they are, they actually are. You never know which Stephen Kovi is. Stephen R. Kovi and Stephen J. Kovi, but they're all Stephen Kovi. That's a Klaal Boram Buddha Bodok. Um, do you understand? Do you, do you, are you with me with that problem? Is, do you, have any of you had that problem before? I mean, it could be you all just, but now don't shame him. And you don't need it. Oh, you've had that problem. One, two, three, four, five. You have the problem. In other words, it doesn't speak to you. The Musa Sefer doesn't speak to you. So now, obviously, the Musa Sefer doesn't speak to you. The Musa Sefer does speak to you. Because the Ramchal began at the end and he said, I'm not trying to speak to you directly. I'm trying to speak to you indirectly. Correct? So now we have to do something which is a skill. It's called a self-dialogue. Self-dialogue which then can progress to what's called a textual dialogue. One is learning how you can talk to yourself and the second is learning how you can talk to a book. In the outside world, talking to yourself is looked upon. Sorry? Local psychiatrist. We'll get on to the local psychiatrist, don't we? I'm just having a hard time. Beginning with Mrs. Sharon to the end, how you're answering it, he clearly says in the beginning, even though it's not a detail and it's not telling you when you walk down the street, let's say, don't look at this, but he tells you exactly that you have to be aware of your mindset. You have to be, he, he, it is a guideline. How else, how is it not direct? Okay, we'll see. When we get into our textual dialogue, I'll give you out a shtickle, Mr. Shaim, and we'll see how far away the text is from my life. Okay? But before we get onto the textual dialogue, let's get into the self-dialogue. In the outside world, talking to yourself is looked upon as the first sign of insanity. People who speak to themselves, they're mukhzak kemeshugna. In the yeshivish world, it's the first sign of sanity. If you meet a person and he's not talking to himself, he's not pacing around the base medrash with wild hand gesticulations, perhaps sometimes in a loud voice, but it can't be. How can Rashi say that? Rashi can't say that. And like an un- uninvolved observer looks in and he's trying to find the person he's speaking to. He checks to make sure he hasn't got an earphone in and he finds that none of that is and he writes him off as a lunatic. But for us, we know that talking to yourself is very much part of our culture. I'd like to advance it. 
who tells us? There's a Musa Sefer that discusses how to engage in a conversation with yourself. Because if you engage in conversation with yourself, the first thing which is quite confusing that you have to resolve is who's speaking to whom. <laughs> well, I was speaking to myself and I said, who? <laughs> Me. And what did you reply? And who was replying? Me. So you have, to, you have to figure out in the self-dialogue who are the two parties. So one of the Muslim does us an incredible favor by describing who the conversation can, can take place between. The conversation is between, what would you say? We, what we, normal think, we normally think that the discussion is between the Yetzirah and the Yetzirah. The Chayvah Salvavah in Shavuot, he says that's not who the discussion is between. The healthy self-dialogue is between what he calls the Seichel and the Nefesh. And the difference between the Seichel and the Nefesh is not that one is on the side of good and one is on the side of evil. Both the Seichel and the Nefesh are on the side of good. they both got the same agenda. And you can pick it up from the conversation they have. The Seichel tells the Nefesh what to do and the Nefesh requires guidance as to what to do. So the Nefesh comes to the Seichel and says, Tell me, Nafshi, how do I get these Madragas of Avoid to the Shem that you're offering? And the Seichel replies to the Nefesh, Are you sure you really want this? And the Nefesh replies to the Seichel, Yeah, do you understand? So the people having the conversation, people having the conversation, are both on the same side. So what we have to do, before we get into the textual dialogue, is we need to learn to have a conversation with ourselves. How does the conversation take place? Now this also becomes a very tricky point. Because if the voice in your head that you've labeled the Seichel, the good, the right, is a... <coughs> domineering, authoritarian, pushing down, suppressing voice, the chances are you're not going to get into conversation. The seichel is your mechanech. And if you've got a bad mechanech in your head, so you'll have a bad chanech. You won't be able to educate. Education, the classic paradigm for education, Pesach, Seder, you don't have a person pushing information, demanding down the throats, of the Makabel, you engage in the discussion. It's, it's shy of a tshuva, you ask. So there's a discussion, there's a dialogue. The Seichel has care and understanding for the Nefesh. It refers to the Nefesh with respect. When you're engaging in the inner dialogue, the inner dialogue takes place with respect and with the faith in the Nefesh that wants to do the right thing. What does that mean? Practically speaking. Can someone give me an example of a struggle they had and then maybe I'll introduce what the dialogue is. Any examples of struggles that you've had? None of you have had any struggles. Go on. Getting up in the morning. Getting up in the morning. It's a classic. You wake up in the morning. Um, so how does that inner conversation take place? So the conversation between the Yates of and the Yates of is quite a simple conversation. Conversation between the Yates of and the Yates of is Yates um, of time to get up. Yates of um, let me just push on snooze. If you push, push on snooze, you're going to miss your minion. There's no way I can dive with Kavana after having this amount of sleep. Let me push, put on snooze, snooze, and I'll sleep for another 10 minutes. I'll skip Sukkot de Zimra, but I'll at least have Kavana for Shemona Esrei. That's not going to work. Snoring. So the alarm goes off, alarm goes off, uh, five minutes later, 
and now the Yetzer Tov says, come, get up, you've got to go davening. The Yetzer says, I've already missed Pesukah de Zimra, there's no point. And might as well go to the next minion. But if you go to the next minion, you're going to be late for Kirtle. Um Yes, I know, but at least I'll be able to learn well. That's, that's a very... Yeah, that's, that's a conversation we have. How would the conversation, it's a very simplistic example, let's go for it. How would the conversation take place between the Seichel and the Nefesh? <coughs> Seichel says, time to wake up. Yetzirah says, time to go back to sleep. Says the Seichel to the Nefesh, Nafshi Hayekorah, what do you want to do now? Do you want to go to sleep? Or do you want to wake up? Says the Nefesh back to the Seichel, well, why should I wake up? What's the point? Says the Seichel back to the Nefesh. Because you and I both know that when you're in Shul, in time for davening, it changes your day. You can daven Zimra with Menuchas HaNefesh, you feel like a different mensch. Do you want that feeling? Says the Nefesh back to the Seichel. Of course I want that feeling. So well, why don't you want to get out of bed? Well, because I've got this deep pull towards my bed, this, this temptation of of tiredness, this geschmack of going back to sleep, which is pulling me away from that. Tell me, my dear Nefesh, which is more geschmack? Don't you also realize that when you're sleeping that much longer, you feel terrible the rest of the day and you, you regret doing that? Don't you feel that way? Says the Nefesh, I do feel that way. Says the Seichel, well, how about we get out of bed? Says the Nefesh, do you mind giving me a hand? Says the Seichel, here you go. Do you understand? A very basic example, but you get the point. No. Blank faces? Maybe you guys have to have a conversation with your Seichel and Nefesh about what I just said. Do you get the point? I'll give you another example. I'll give you another example. Another example is... <coughs> another example, yes. Now, I'm sure this never, ever, ever happens to any of you. And, uh, but there are sometimes people who get married, they sometimes are not absolutely in marital bliss with their wives. I mean, again, not anyone in this room. But it's important that you know this because you may deal with people that are married and they may have slight <laughs> bias issues. And sometimes the husband is really upset with his wife. And what happens is he comes home and he did nothing wrong the entire day. He was completely guiltless. He opens up the door and he's met with a barrage of insults. And he goes through a relation in his mind of causal effects that could have created this kind of barrage of insults and he finds it to be completely lacking. So he decides that his wife is a Roshanta. <laughs> now, that's, that's, that's a decision and therefore once she is that, so he is now the guilty party that has just been, sorry, the innocent party that has just been attacked for no known reason. So what happens in that discussion? So let's take our husband out of the situation. He's seething with rage and he goes for a walk because he has to go to Davin Mariv anyway. And he wants to go through a conversation in his head between his Seichel and his Nefesh. My dear Nefesh, how do you feel? I am furious! Well, why, why, are you, why are you furious, Nefesh? Well, because I did nothing wrong. There's no reason why I have to come home and be shouted at. Says the Seichel, I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. Um, so, how should you respond? I just want to scream back. Okay. Um, will they help? No. Well, then why would you want to do that? Because I want you to get back. But, come, come, Nafshir Kora. You know what's going to happen if you shout back, don't you? What? 
well, it's just going to escalate. I know, but I feel this feeling in my, in my, in my stomach. I feel it. I'm burning with rage. Says the Seichel, well, that may be true, but let's think about what the Tachlis is. Let me ask you a question. Do you, do you care about your wife? Of course I care about my wife. Do you want to, do you want to live happily together? Yes. Well, what will you exploding on her do? Not that. So if, guys, if you've got, it could be again, this is my dialogue. You guys clearly have a different kind of dialogue. I don't know how that one worked out. But <laughs> And then you get into discussion and what can happen. And, and you, if you practice a skill, it's actually it's an, it's a very helpful tool. It's a very helpful tool. You can actually start to get a certain amount of chlorkite in your life. You develop a certain sense of, you know that's right, not, not always will it be, have the, the capacity to overrun the quirk of the emotions, but very often it will calm them, very often it will give you the peace of mind to plot your steps forward. But that being as a clow, unless you can engage in the self-dialogue, so access to Mrs. Swarim is be almost impossible. Go on. By nefesh, you mean emotion or you mean the body? By nefesh, I mean... <sighs> The emotional koiches atoyf, the good, the good emotions. What? No, nothing, nothing. He's a new guy. Oh, he's a new guy. Oh, yeah. Okay. Good. Seda. Okay. Let's move on. So now, once you've entered into, Abaisa, once you've succeeded in entering into a self-dialogue and you've become familiar with the process of self-dialogue what you've essentially done you've made a massive, 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 massive stride you've gained an incredible, incredible lift in your Madragina Vaitis Hashem what's happened is you've gained in common terminology something called self-awareness you're aware of what's going on inside of you this, or in Lashna Kodesh Welcome to the world of Seichel. Without you entering into that dialogue, the chances of you living in your Seichel are slim. More probably, you'll be deeply embedded in your nefesh, and no tikkunim will help, because the prerequisite of tikkun midas is to be able to be aware of how your midas are working. If you're inside your midas, you can't see your midas, you can't work with your midas. You can be fruma, but you can never fix up anything. I'll give an example. Once we were doing a takana, in a Vad Musa that I was a part of, and the Takana was to work on Taivas Achila. Of course, I was very upset with the person for suggesting it, but nevertheless, I complied. So, the goal was to, the Agdoy of Taiva was not how much you eat or the taste of the food that you eat, but the manner in which it's eaten. And the Agdoy of Taiva was that the Dercha Taiva is to take the food and to try to get it into your stomach with the minimal amount of interruption in between. So, Lechat you'd like to take the food and go like this. But there are restraints, social restraints. Sometimes the food is hard, you could hurt yourself. And therefore, what you have to do is you have to chew and swallow. So the idea was to try fight against that. And this, was, and this, is, an, this is an exercise. If you want to find your seichel and see your midas, this is a great way of doing it. It's a very simple point. I was eating a sandwich and the goal was you had to take the food and move it towards your mouth at a very slow pace. Because that's connected to the taiva. So you take and you move it towards your mouth 
at a very slow pace. Now this is where the crucial moment is. The two inch mark from your mouth, there's the danger of a lunge. <laughs> so what you have to do is you have to resist the danger of the lunge. So you're moving it carefully towards your mouth and then you're focusing on not lunging. Okay, not lunging. And then because you, you realize that the truth is, the truth is, the food's coming there anyway. Pashtas. Right? It's coming there anyway. And you know, have you ever seen like have you ever seen like that famous that famous race between the hand and the brocha? Brocha dem be Maybe the brocha will win next time. So, so you're moving a gently towards your mouth and then you can you can go like you're gonna can like wait at the at the gateways to your lips and say, Okay, you ready to come in? No, not yet. Okay, soon. Ah, Okay, good. So this is what I'm doing. I've got a sandwich and I'm doing it magnificently and I'm proud of myself and I put it in my mouth and then the, role, the goal was to place the food, it was a sandwich, put it down, <coughs> put my hands on my lap and chew and swallow. Chew and swallow, two new chidushim. Well, one. Swallowing. <laughs> this is what, literally, this is what happened to me. As I'm chewing, I think I'm mamish, such a balmusa. <laughs> my drag is astonishing. Hello? Did someone speak to you? I literally saw my hand going for the sandwich. So that was a small moment, but it was a very defining moment in terms of understanding the chiluk, feeling the distance between the seichel and the midas. That's the difference between living in the seichel and living in the midas. When you live in the seichel, you can see your midas. When you can see your midas, you can be aware of where they're going right, where they're going wrong, and how to change them. You can engage in this dialogue. The dialogue forces you to see your midas as something you can look down upon and discuss, and not something that you're just in it. Are you following me? Try it. I urge you, we'll be serving Rugelach shortly, and we'll be testing everybody. There are cameras. So... Okay, so that's a self-dialogue. Now what happens, let's try to do this, let's get into a textual dialogue. So now we want to do, take the self-dialogue and now use the Seichel and the Nefesh to learn up a shtickle in the Mesilis Hashorim. See how that works. So the, I've picked in terms of the Mesilis Hashorim a section which is rather fundamental um, it's Per Gimel it's the description of Zahirus and on the rung of the Ramchal's ladder it comes essentially first even though the big discussion is why it doesn't explicitly deal with Torah, which is including the Brahms or Pinchas ben but the Ramchal puts it first. He puts the Hirus as the first thing. I would like to... This is not the point of our exercise, it's just an interesting agav, is that the Hirus is exactly this movement. The Hirus is the first step towards creating self-awareness. If you want to translate the Hirus into English... The translation is self-awareness with a purpose for aligning my actions to Ratz and Hashem. But the crucial point is it's self-awareness. With you run out of sheets, someone's stealing them. Has everyone got sheets? No one's got sheets there? 
Okay, I'm, I'm sorry, I thought I p- printed the same quantity. Um, so, it, maybe, guys, you can share. You can just like. I think we have to get a discussion into the back row being the nefesh and the rest of the class being the seichel. Um, so, so let's let's look at this and let's read through the paragraph and um, let's see what he says. Hinei, So there you you said in the first phrase that self-awareness and zeros come hand in hand because a mefakeach lefakeach alatzmoi a mefakeach is a person that's a supervisor supervisor means the one above the word super always means that above so the mefakeach is looking down a person that wants to become self-aware and observing with a conscious intent in himself he needs to have two perspectives he needs to know what is the good, but not just to know what is the good, so he can put it into action. And he has to know what's the bad, not just as an information, that he can use it. Then he has to evaluate his actions. See that? To see. You don't see your maisim if you're not self aware. You can't see it. You are. You are your maizim. Lirais they're bad or good. So now, I just want to give you an, an initial example. I'm going to go further, but just in the first line. Open up zeros. I want to learn this to show I say, okay, I'm ready. I read the first line. And I say, So now I'm going to make the dialogue is between Kiilu, the Ramchal is my Seichel, and I'm the Nefesh speaking back to him. Okay? You happy with that transition? So, says the Ramchal to me, look, if you want to be Mephakechel Atzmoy, if you want to take hold, take charge of your life, if you want to know what's going on in this thing called life, so you need to have two perspectives. Say back to Ramchal, and what happens if I don't want to? I don't want to. I'm actually not interested. For me, ignorance is bliss. I'm perfectly happy living the life I live. I'm perfectly happy going along life summa al I'm I'm okay with that. Now, what does Ramchal say back to me? There's a dialogue here. So if he says back to me, you're wrong. You have to want. So I say, ah, yeah, but I don't. So what does he do next? So the truth is, if you know Mr. Shrayim, you go back to the beginning. You go back to the, the Bir Midas Aziris. There the Ramchal explains to you motivating factors why it's crucial that you should be a Zahir. So you'll back, come back to me and say, well, okay, well, let's look at the options. Tell me, tell me, Paris, what do you, what do you actually think you're in... What, what are you in this life for? So, I say, well, to basically do as little as I can, enjoy myself as much as I can. So he says back to me, is that really true? Because he's speaking to the good in my nefesh. Is that, true? is that really true? Is that what you want? You really, you really want to just be in this world for that? Let me ask you a question. What's more satisfying? Tell me honestly. 
Is it more satisfying? How do you feel better? Do you feel better after you've been moist and nefesh tell someone out? Or do you feel better after you've had a big fat chocolate cake? So I say back to him, truth is I feel better after I've helped someone out. So don't you, don't you agree with me that that's, that's really, and you know it, that's where you're going in life? But, I don't, but, but yes, but I don't want to inconvenience myself. Okay, slowly, slowly, we'll find a way. But you do, otherwise you wouldn't have opened the safe in the first place, would you have? You do have a shtikel rotzen to be mefachechel don't you? Yeah, I do, I do. Okay, well come with me a little bit further. Are you, are you getting what I'm saying? Do you understand? You're trying to, you're trying to create this dialogue that the safe is not speaking there. The speaker, safe is speaking to your world. I, I, let's go on a little bit further and then we'll see how it goes. Now these are shkafas that you have to have. So again, you have to build up a mental framework, the Ramchal says, or before you know what's wrong and right, you can't possibly begin the process of evaluation. <coughs> well, was there a good thing or a bad thing? Well, I don't know what good and bad is. So first of all, you have to build up Ravobi's Medayak, Atoiva Miti Vara Miti. Again, he says, why doesn't it say Atoiva Ra? What is Toiva Miti and there's Ra Miti? He says, yes, there is. Toiva Miti means the Toiv MS, the word, the real translation of the word MS is real. Real. Reality. Atoiva Miti means the real good, meaning it speaks to me. So I have a Toiva Miti and you have a Toiva Miti. And your Toiva Miti is not the same as my Toiva Miti. And your Ramiti is not the same as my Ramiti. So you have to be misbrainin. That's why you need to misbraininus. Otherwise you just open up a Shulchan Aruch and it tells you. Over here you need misbraininus. Because it could be, for me it's more appropriate to learn Daf Yoimi. And for you it's Iyun. And for me it's more appropriate to have a quick Shemone And for you slow. For me it's more appropriate to go and hug every person I see. And for you you should turn the other way around. I didn't say any, anyone is that you. <laughs> if you are, Rabbi Blacken will kick out the program. But... Do you understand? The Toiva Miti and the Ra Miti are personal to begin with. That's his brainless. What should I be doing? Not what should be done. What should I be doing? Once you've got that framework, now you have to think. Bashas Maase, Vishiloi Bashas Maase. Bashas Maase, Shiloyase, Shumase, Meblishish, Kaloyse, Moses, Oyse, Dia. Hello? What did Ramchal just say? Let me read that again. Shil. Bishas Masa, okay, this is when I'm about to do something. Shelo Yase, Shumase, I shouldn't do any action, okay, okay. Me bleed without, Sheyishko Oisoi, without weighing it up, but Moizne Zoisiyadeh, with the scales of that knowledge. That's ridiculous. <laughs> no, that's ridiculous. Imagine how life would look. I come to you, and I'd like to greet you in the morning. So I think to myself, hmm, one second, I should greet him, I should say hello, I shouldn't say hello. Uh, no, I should say hello. Why? Uh, save a pony office. But save a pony office. Oh, pony office. I should. How much of a smile should I do? This much of a smile? Um, what should the like, kind of the, the, the tone be? Should it be like warm and welcoming, or like more staid and formal? Um, by this time, he's gone. Do you understand? Like I'm busy. And again, like if if I get you shivish, he'd like he, he, I'd be coming over to him, and like this this is kind of how it would look. Hello! <laughs> and then you reply, and I have to go through the same thing. <laughs> to understand? So now I say, Rabbeinu, Rabbeinu Ramchal, I have no idea what you mean over here. What do you mean, that doesn't make sense in my life. On the contrary, knowing how life works, if you're given 
time to consciously evaluate. You can't live life. Life lives at a pace where we work intuitively. We don't work consciously because conscious, the conscious mind is way too slow. We don't read consciously. We don't write consciously. We don't type consciously. We don't speak consciously. None of those actions are controlled by a conscious mind because they would be, we would be too slow to live life. And you're telling me now to slow everything down and I have to go through a kind of shikula das, me blishayate shum maase, shum maase. I have no idea what in the world are you talking about. Your presentation of the ideal doesn't co- is not cohesive with my life. This is called the dialogue. Now I'm going to have to wait. I'm sure the Ramchal had an answer to this, correct? He had an answer. He wasn't living in a fairy tale world. He was living in the real world. He's trying to tell you how to be a real person. Another massive point. We think that the Muslims speak to a fairy tale world. We feel they speak to the ideal person. And he's not the guy for us. Until we met Madraga. So we think, yes, we can't learn the Muslims No, you have to learn the Muslims like this. The Ramchal is telling me something about my Shikula Das. But how does that work? How can you do that? This is called the process of engaging the dialogue. And I have an answer to this question. But I'm not going to give you this answer. Because I want you to engage in that dialogue. Okay, so just to sum up. What is Musa? Psychology. Repair, change and innovate. Which means, like Rabbi Shah says, it's absolutely ma'akev for a Baal to have this in his life. Because otherwise he's going to be stuck in a rut that he'll never ever come over. Even if he puts on the dress and he shockles the shockle, it ain't going to help. How do I learn Musa? First of all, I have to know there's a self-dialogue. I have to be self-aware. I have to be able to get outside of my midas and see my seichel and engage in a discussion between myself and my seichel. Each person, if he darkoi. Then I can engage in a textual dialogue. That puts me in the world of seichel. That textual dialogue is very, very, very important. We haven't yet gone. Maybe next week we'll go into how do I teach it, which is really what we're trying to do over here. Um, now, do you have to make the poor, innocent, gullible, unaware, Balchiva suffer? The answer is yes. Because otherwise, he's going to remain not only poor, innocent, gullible, unaware, Balchiva, but he's going to remain a from person who's in South Africa there was um, there was a, a racist term back in the days when South Africans were racist and the apartheid th- there was a person who was a black person who oh actually it's the other way around a, a, a racist term for a white person well, you'll tell me how does this work a black person who wanted to be white He's called a coconut. Um, that's what you have as a Balchiva. You have, you know, it's, it's a black on the outside and it's white on the inside. Or black on the outside, black in the Or black on the outside and colored on the inside. Take your, your choice of images. But the point is, the inner essence doesn't change. The inner essence doesn't, So you need it. So what you're going to do, Mr. Hashem, next week is to, once we've gone, give you a week to actually just absorb this idea. 
absorb this idea. Try, try this out with learning a Musa Sefer. See if you can engage in a text or dialogue. Open a Musa Sefer of your choice. Open up Shari Chiv, it's apparently very popular. It suddenly came off the sh- on the shelves again. Like, like, Rosh Chesh Elul, you are the dust of your Shari Chiv, take it out, put it back after Yom Kippur. So, Shari Chiv has come out. Try with the Shari Chiv. Try with the Shari Chiv. Try with this Shari and see if you can get into that. And then next week we'll see if you, once you've kind of tried, tested this, we'll go out, how do you convey the experience to a person that's a completely new initiate. Shkach and have a good Shabbos.